Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Have you ever heard the adage that says, I will forgive, but I won't forget? We've all heard that adage, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Well, a few years back, in looking at this chapter, I actually did a Facebook experiment. I went online and I asked my friends at the time to finish the statement. And basically I put, I will forgive, and then I put a line this way, give me your answer. Let me tell you some of the responses I got via comments of Facebook. I will forgive, and here's one, but I don't forget, exclamation point. Okay. I looked at the next one, and the next one said, I will forgive, but I will wait until you ask for forgiveness first. Another one answered, I will forgive, and I will throw it in your face to hurt you. These are real, these are people. You go, you have strange friends, I know. I will forgive, someone once said, and said, but I'm having a hard time forgetting. Here's one more. I will forgive, but I stay hurt for a long time, and I will judge you for not living up to the standard. Wow. Wow. So this morning... I want to talk to you about forgiveness. Now, listen to me. I know when the topic of forgiveness comes up, I'm speaking about a very real need in people's lives. As a matter of fact, I want you to think about this. Every one of us has probably been so deeply hurt by someone. It may have been a parent that hurt you. It may have been an ex-spouse, a current mate, maybe a brother or a sister, a sibling. Oftentimes it's a former friend, a relative, or even perhaps a stranger, a stranger. Now, even before our study The danger is, right now, in your mind, you have actually gone to a situation or a person that actually is making your stomach churn even now. In fact, a study on forgiveness often reminds us, and it will distract you from the clear teaching of the Bible. See, in other words, right now you're thinking of that person or that situation, however long it might be, and how you're like, oh... Hmm, I hope he doesn't talk about that. I hope he doesn't talk about that. If this is a place where there's honesty and integrity, there are times in your pastor's life that felt like he couldn't forgive. The hurt has been so deep that I didn't want to forgive. And so you have to take this and go, okay, Lord, what are you really wanting 
what are you really wanting to say to us? Because throughout my life, in those times that I didn't forgive, I've been the one in bondage. I've been the one in in prison. And so looking at the text, I'm going, okay, Lord, what what do you really want to say to us? But before we jump into what he's going to talk about, forgiveness, and what it means, let me give you just a definition. Webster's Dictionary defines it like this. The act of excusing a mistake or an offense. And then it goes on to say, absolve from payment. So forgiveness is an act of excusing, oh, that was a mistake, or an actual offense. That offended me. Or to be absolved from a payment. And in our story today, church, we find the word forgiveness. But the Greek word is something very interesting. I want you to jot this down. If you're taking note, the Greek word is A-P-H-I-E-M-I. And here's what it means. It means to cry. To forgive Lay aside, let go, alone, and that's what it means. To cry, to forgive, to lay aside, to let go. I want you to repeat after me because this is the Greek word Jesus is going to use. To cry, forgive, lay aside, let go. That's important, is it not? So this morning... The message I hope to bring is a message of hope and a message that I believe will change your life and set you free. Forgiveness. Now, remember where we left off last week. Jesus taught about restoring, if you recall, a sinning saint. And he gave us clear steps to resolve the matter way before it gets heated and out of control. You go, what does it mean? Well, he says, if a brother or sister sins against you, what's the first step? He says, go to him and tell him his fault alone. That's what we talked about. Alone was in the emphatic. It was like, don't, don't spread it out to everyone. He says, go to him and say, hey, this is, this is what you've done. Number two, he says, well, if he doesn't hear you, he says, take with you two or three witnesses. Hey, we've observed you doing this. We want to what, church? Restore you back into fellowship. That's key. You don't take two or three witnesses to pound on the brother. Ugh, you see, get him. And it, No, it's to lift him up. He said, that doesn't work. He says, he says then tell it to the church. And it doesn't mean stand up here and go, ooh, have I got a juicy gossip for you. Let me tell you what sister so-and-so's doing. That's not what it means. In our church, it means take it to the leadership, say, hey, this is something that's really serious. Guys, we're not, we need to take sin serious. Sin is serious. And if I may sidestep for just a minute, you guys know in our world, sin is getting even more serious. We are, in our world, literally blaspheming God. I'm telling you right now, some of the stuff that's coming out of Hollywood, some of the stuff that's coming out of the whole world, it's it's downright blaspheming the God who created us. 
We are, and I say we, the world is shaking our fist at God saying, you're not going to do, we're not going to be under your rule anymore. Parents, listen to me. Be very careful what you let your kids watch. Be very careful. Monitor what they watch because the enemy is sly. And he wants to come in and over a lifetime, your ideas are a lot different. So we tell it to the church. Number four, he says, if he's not listening, he says, treat him like a heathen and a tax collector. That'll get him. No, 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 no. What Jesus always treated the heathen and the tax collector, he loved on them. He wanted them to come back. He would always minister to them. You realize that when Jesus healed somebody or he met, listen, when he fed the 5,000, he didn't go, all right, how many of you heathen and tax collectors? Okay, you don't get to eat over there. Until you repent. He doesn't say that, right? He loves on them to bring them to a place where it's like, oh, oh, oh. So what's the purpose? Church, last week, it's to bring about restoration to a sinning saint. That was it. Now, moving forward in our story, the Lord had just spoken about what? The duty of reconciliation. We learned that. And here we go. Amen. With those who trespass, those who have sinned against us. We saw that in verses 15 through 17. Now, there seems to have been some doubt in the mind of Peter how far this principle should have been carried. So Peter, you, don't you just love Pete? How many of you can relate with Pete? You know, he's like, I, I, that's me. The Lord says something, you're like, really? Because he's going to say the same thing here today. How so? Look, look, look. Look at verse 21 with me. It says, then Peter came to him. And said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? You guys see that? Yeah, that's, that's Peter. Okay, this is how we restore a sinning saint. This is what we need to do. And, and the Lord's laying out all of this stuff. And then Pete's like, Lord, I, I've got a question. Hey, um, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Now, Jesus is going to illustrate this point. But I want to chat for just a minute. We need to absorb what Jesus just declared. Peter asks a question that many of us asked in our lives, right? Lord, how many times do I need to forgive my brother or sister who hurts me? How many times? Now listen. If you were to go up in that day and ask the, the rabbi, the common rabbi, hey, how many, how many times, you know what they would say? Three. That was there. Only three. If someone goes up to Mary and, and offends her three times, she has to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive. But on the fourth time, mm-mm, I don't forgive you anymore. That's what the rabbis were saying. You guys with me? So you understand the context. That's what the rabbis were saying. You can only forgive up to three times, but after that, no forgiveness for you, right? No forgiveness. Well, Peter, what do you think Peter's thinking right now? Huh. huh. I'm going to make some points with God. I'm going to make some points with God. How so? Peter goes, um, Lord, my brother comes and sins against me. How many times should I forgive him? Notice what he says. He goes, Lord, um, up to seven times, right? And he's going, wow. 
So what's happening? So Peter goes, okay. In his mind, he's going, okay, so the rabbis say three. I want to look good, so I'm going to say, I'm going to double that, and I'm going to add one for good measure. That's what I'm going to do. Lord, up to seven. I'm going to seven times. Okay? And so right here, you've got to understand, Peter is kind of patting himself on the back. This is good. Rabbi, say three. Please, I say up to seven times, as if to turn to Jesus for approval. Why? Because we know Pete, don't we? Do you remember Pete when the Lord said, who do you say that I am? Pete's like, you're the son of God. And it's like, Pete, good job. The, the Lord, you know what? The Lord revealed that to you. My father revealed it. It wasn't just you. It wasn't flesh and blood. So Pete's looking for another. Uh, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Up to seven times? Isn't it funny how we do that? Isn't it funny how we're like Peter a lot of times? Oh, Lord, I've, I've been really good this week. And I've done this and I've done that. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. What does the Lord say? Notice verse 22. Jesus said to him, Pete, yes, Lord. He says, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. What? Now, all my Abe type personalities in this room have already done the math. You've already done the math. Before you start thinking, okay, that's 290 times. That's 209 times. Okay, so Pastor Ben said, this is what God said, this is Jesus. Okay, but 291 times? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, let me just say this to you. Jesus was not giving us a math lesson. Can I get an amen? amen. Why? Now, there's a play on words here. In the Greek, what's he saying is that Jesus is telling you and I, there's no numerical limitation. You go, in other words, unlimited forgiveness and patience. That's what Jesus just said. He said, Pete, up to 70 times 7. And then I started to, I want you to think about it. Let that absorb for just a minute, right? Because, because we all went, oh, that's 200. Listen. Okay, so Mr. Tony Early offends me 290 times. 291st, I say, no, sir, you're not forgiven. That doesn't make sense, does it? I'll tell you why. Because we've all sinned more than 291 times in our life. You see, you and I, our minds did something interesting. It brought us to a place where it's like, oh, is that in a day? Is that in a week? No, no, no. Some of us sinned 291 times before we were the age of one. Two, three. So does that mean the Lord doesn't forgive us once we pass that number? It makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Why? Because the Lord is saying to you and I, and here's what you got to take, you got to take this home today. The Lord is telling us, guys, that um, we have continual forgiveness from our sins, from the past to the present and to future sins. Uh, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. All your sins. You mean, you mean I'm going to sin next week? You might. I hope you don't, but you might. Some of you might, me, might, might have a bad attitude. Some of the, the men in here might have UMS. Do you know what UMS is? It's ugly mood syndrome. That's what it is. 
and we might snap at our wives, and we might sin against our wives. I want that forgiven. You understand that. Now, now listen. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. What does that mean? I'm already forgiven based upon this text. Can I get an amen? amen. So that means I need to restore the relationship. That's why, Lord, I've sinned. I'm sorry. I was, I was awful towards my wife, or the clerk was awful, or I, oh, just, I kicked the dog, or whatever it might be. Don't let Cordelia hear that. She'll... That's forgiven. That's forgiven. Let me ask you this. So you, I really need to drive home the point. How many of you sinned in the past? <laughs> and if you didn't write, no. How many of you sinned? You go, I, we've all sinned, Ben. We all sin, right? How many of you have sinned in the present? How many of you think you might sin in the future? So they're forgiven. They're forgiven. What'd you do to earn that? You have nothing. It was, it was what Jesus did. Okay, so you're telling me that Jesus paid for my past sins. Yes. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What was he paying for? Your present sins? Absolutely. And on the cross he paid for your future. You go, Pastor Ben, calm down. Why are you pushing this? Here's why. Here's why. Because the Lord Jesus is going to illustrate what he really wants us to learn so that we can be set free. The Lord Jesus tells us we must forgive. And as if we don't understand, he's going to illustrate it in a story. Look at verse 23. He says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts... One was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Your attention, please, for just a moment. Make sure we don't read this. Some of us in this room have read this a thousand times, and we're just kind of tuning out because we go, yeah, it's the, it's the, no, 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 read it like it's the first time, okay? You've got a king, he's sitting on his throne, and he says, okay, it's time to reconcile the books. Bring them in one at a one, one at a time. And he says, now you had a servant that came in, and he owed him 10,000 talents, if you're a note taker, here's what I want you to see. If you were to, you go, well, what is 10,000 in like today's wages? I looked it up. $3.4 billion. That's what he owed the king. How much? $3.4 billion. If I made $15 an hour and I worked 24 hours a day for the next 70 years... It's not even enough to touch it. You understand. You understand. It's not like, it's not like Bill Gates. I mean, it's, this is what he owes. The guy comes in and owes three, hey, Paul, you owe 3.4 billion. Pay up, bud. Hey, look at, look, Paul's shaking his head. No way, there's no way. Here we go. Paul comes in. Okay, here. I'd like some more, please. You know, I mean, he's, there's no, right? Here, y'all are looking to see what I have, aren't you? Uno. No, no, no. You need 3.4 million more of these. Y'all take credit. No, he didn't take credit. What would you do? 
You owe 3.4 billion. Every one of you owes 3.4 billion to the king. Look at verse 25. But as he was not able to pay, of course not. Let's say it, guys. I can't pay. I can't pay it. Say it. His master commanded him that you be sold. Paul, you're going into debtor's prison, bro. We'll never see you again. There's no way. And Paul's thinking, what's he thinking? If I'm in debtor's prison, I can't work to even make a dent in $3.4 billion. But not only that, (laughs) it's his wife and kid. Did you see that, Lisa? Did you see? (laughs) It's Paul, his wife, his children, your dogs. All that he had until payment be made. Can you imagine? I don't know this dude, man. I don't know. But we're married. Honey, honey, come here. No. Here's the problem. Lisa owes $3.4 billion too. So between you, you guys owe a lot of money. You didn't know that, did you? And the servant, look what he does. He, he falls before the master saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Okay, let's repeat that, guys, because this is cool. Ready? Have patience with me and I will pay you all. There's no way. What are we trying to do? Buy time, aren't we? We're just trying to buy some time. Right? Hey, Joe. Hey, I'm gonna. I'll get you your money. That's what he's saying. You know, it's like I don't. I don't. Uh. And what do you think the master's doing? You don't have three point four billion dollars. Need a loan? Then the master of the servant. Check this out. Was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him his debt. This is amazing. Right here, the disciples are going. Because nobody in their right mind, listen, I love you all, but if you owe me $3.4 million, I'm not forgiving that. You need to pay me. But he, he's something different. It's something supernatural. He says, man, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. Feathers, don't worry about it. Go tell Kevin, don't worry about it. Lisa, you're set free. Don't worry about it. You're, yeah, you can get back with Paul there. You can. Sometimes it's really funny. I'll be listening to myself on the radio, and I'll be mentioning people in the, in the congregation. I'm like, I wonder if people around the United States are like, who's Paul? Who's this? Who's that? I'm, anyway, sorry. But anyways, that's, that's kind of how I do. But Jesus continues, doesn't he? He says, so, so the guy rejoices. Now, that's 3.4 billion. Can you imagine if somebody just forgave you your house payment? If somebody just forgave you, I mean, that would be great. If somebody just said, Ben, you're debt free. You're done. All right. That's not 3.4 billion. This is a lot. He says, but the servant went out and found his fellow servant who owed him a hundred 
denarii. You got a pencil handy? Guess how much this is? In modern terms, 5,800 bucks. $5,800. That's all he owed him. Okay? So, I owed the Lord $3.48 billion and Craig owes me $5,800. That's nothing. That's nothing. But I found Craig. Craig, I've got a story for you. And he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. I just got freed from a, a death. Death. I can't pay 3.4 billion. I can't pay debtor's prison. My wife, my kids, my dogs, my goats. Oh. And so I go after Craig for 5,800 bucks. And so Craig does this. Look at verse 29. So Craig fell down on his feet, and he begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Now, I can't pay $3.4 billion, but I bet, I bet Craig could probably come up with that in the next few years. I bet he could. I couldn't. Craig could. You guys probably could. Okay, I can do 100 dinari. But the servant would not. And went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. Genevieve, sorry, Craig's got to go. Craig's not paying me. He's got to go to prison. Why? Did not the, did not the master forgive you of $3.4 billion and yet you won't forgive my husband? He'll pay you, I promise. I just got a job now. I'm working. Hold on. Chill out, Holmes. You guys understand what Jesus is saying here, right? And he says, no, no, thank you. You need to pay me or you go into prison. So what happens? What happens? Mike Shaw sees what's going on, right? And when his fellow servants saw what he had done, he was grieved and came and told the master all that he had done. What do you think that was like, sir? Yes, I know that you forgave Ben $3.4 billion. Yeah, I did. You're wonderful. You had compassion. But I saw something very disturbing. What did you see, Mike? I saw him go after Craig for just a little bit. And he, wasn't for, he didn't have compassion. He didn't forgive him. He actually threw him in prison for $5,800. $5,800, that's it? I forgave him $3.4 billion? Billion. What? So his master, then his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? What's the answer to that? Wait, are you all with me? What's the answer to that? Yes. Why? Because you just got forgiven $3.48 billion and you don't have compassion. And his master was angry. 
and he delivered him to the tortures until he could pay all that was due him. Is he ever going to pay $3.4 billion? No. No. So Jesus, here's, here it is. Here's what Jesus says. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart doesn't forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow. That is heavy. That's heavy. I don't think I have wiggle room here, church. I know that people have hurt me. They've hurt me deeply. But I don't have any wiggle room. Well, Lord, I'll forgive, but, you know, uh, now, listen, I understand, I understand that there are some hurts in our lives that are very, very deep. You guys with me? Okay? And Jesus comes and says, you need to forgive. And you're going, man, Ben, I'm seriously, this is, um, mm, mm. I don't know if I can. I don't, I, I just, you, you need to understand. Many years ago, many, many years ago, 25 years ago, when I was living in Rio Rancho, we had a family particularly attack our family. And so, a lot of that, when the Lord would say, you need to forgive, I mean, it was, it was deep. I mean, they tried to destroy my wife and daughters, my family. It was demonic. Let me tell you this. I didn't picture forgiveness at that point. You understand that. I wasn't like, oh, well, things happen. I forgive you. It was like, woo. Can anybody relate? Can anybody relate a little bit? Yeah. But, but learning what the Lord has done for me, I can have compassion. And you go, why? Well, think about this for just a second, guys. Put on your thinking caps. Forgiving, the purpose, the act, the, okay, I'm going to forgive, is really the lock on the jail suddenly unlock. That's what it is. Because here's the thing. Let me say this. Let's say that Tony... um, I have a problem. We have a problem with Tony. Tony offends me. Tony did something. I was walking outside. Tony looked at me, tripped me. I fell on my face. Oh, Tony, and he just laughed and he walked away. Tony hurt my feelings. Tony doesn't think about it, but now I've got bitterness. I'm mad at Tony. You know what? Guess what's happening to me at night? I'm up at night thinking how I'm going to get back at Tony. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sleeping. My health is failing. You know what Tony's doing? He's sleeping. The bitterness is, and that's the whole point. The whole point is, I want a purpose to forgive him. Now, that doesn't mean I go, Tony, you made me fall four flights of stairs and I broke my nose and my hip and you didn't say sorry. Want to come over for dinner? 
It's going, okay, I need to unlock that in my life so I can be set free. Okay, that's for forgiving. But guess what forgetting is? And when I say forgetting, it's not going, that never happened. It's forgetting and looking at through the Jesus-colored glasses that we all have. You with me? The forgetting part is the actual jail cell opening up and setting you free. Listen, listen. The offense happened. Nobody's, nobody's going, well, get over it. It didn't happen. No, it happened. But I want to see that through, through the compassion that Jesus has because I realize that I've been forgiven $3.4 billion that I could never pay. And that would definitely, help me, church, kill me. Kill me. There's no, you understand, none of us could, we, we, we owed a debt we could not pay. And the result was death. And the death for not only us, but our family and our children and all of us, all our friends, that, that's what we owed. And so the Lord says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, I want you free. I want you set free. I want you, I want you set free. When we don't forgive, when we don't purpose, like, like Corey Ten Boom, you guys knew who Corey Ten Boom is, right? She looked at her redeemed, saved tormentor. And she's praying inside. And she's saying, Lord, I cannot forgive. But then she said, but Lord, you in me can. And she purposed to forgive the very person that just tortured her. And she learned this lesson. But when we don't purpose, when we hold on to stuff, Tony made me fall down, he scraped my knee, tore my good pants, I don't understand. Then what happens is I've got a little seed of bitterness that's going to grow into a tree of bitterness. And the problem is, is that I may never see Tony again. Tony may leave and go to another city. But the bitterness is going to be expounded through everyone else. You understand? Because then Melly comes in, I'm going, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, 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 you're not going to trip me, mm-mm. And it, and it blows up. You understand the purpose of forgiving. Everybody understand the purpose of forgiving. The problem is, guys, is what Jesus said. Let's go back for just a second. He says in verse 35, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you do not forgive from his, from his heart. Okay? Why do, why do we say that? Because sometimes we have an intellectual forgiveness. It's in our mind. Well, well, I've forgiven it. But it's never reached our heart. It's never reached our heart. So I want to take just a couple of minutes real quick, guys, and, and show you in God's Word. Jot these down as we go through about forgiveness. Let's look at them together. It's Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. It says this, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Everybody see that? I purpose to forgive, Lord. Mark chapter 11, verse 25, New Living Translation. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, 
so that your Father in heaven will forgive you your sins too. Luke 6.37 Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, and it will come back against you. Forgive others, notice, and you will be forgiven. Ephesians, Paul is writing, chapter 4, verse 32. Instead, what does Paul say? Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. This is the word of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, so right about now you're thinking, forgiveness, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one. And some, some might even be here today thinking, I'm not so sure I can forgive. But I've got to tell you, why forgiveness? Why? Why? Why does God make such an issue that we purpose to forgive people, that we purpose to walk free? I'll tell you why. Think about this. I think we can answer that question several different ways. Why? First of all, listen. Forgiveness reflects God's character. When we forgive, we reflect the Father's love. Tony, you made me fall down, you tripped me, you didn't even care about me, but I forgive you, brother. Wow, why would you? Because I want to reflect God's love. Second, forgiveness releases us. It releases us. The alternative to forgiveness is bitterness and resentment. The Lord just told us in the previous chapter, offenses are going to come. But woe to you. So, so listen, they're going to come, but I want to be in a position to where I can, I can walk in that, to purpose to forgive. When you and I purpose to forgive, it not only releases us physically and emotionally, but it also releases us, releases us spiritually. One of the greatest barriers to effective prayer and spiritual vitality is an unforgiving heart. D.L. Moody wrote that. One of the greatest barriers to an effective prayer and spiritual vitality is an unforgiving heart. He goes on to say, I believe unforgiveness is keeping more people from having power with God than any other thing. They are not willing to cultivate a spirit of forgiveness. How much did we... 3.4 billion. Did I, did I mention 3.4 billion? I can't pay that. Even if you had mercy on me, I can't pay that. I need you to forgive. I need you to let go, lay aside, put it away. Guys, listen. Now you might be here going, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm, I'm forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. But our problem is a little bit, a little bit deeper than this. How so? Because remember last week we mentioned that Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples? Do you remember that? And in the story, it's a story of forgiveness. It's a story. It's a story of serving, but it's also forgiveness. It's also servanthood. But do you remember we talked about the water in the basin? Okay, so if it's a story of forgiveness and I'm going to wash your feet, I have to. I was looking at feathers, but I'm going to go over because Tony's the one who assaulted me. 
So Tony, I forgive you, buddy. Tony comes to me and goes, man, I'm so sorry I tripped you. Oh, that bump's going to be on your head for a long I'm so sorry, bud. Tony, I forgive you. I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to wash your feet, bro, so I can tell you how much I forgive you. Come on, somebody. Okay, so so what do I do? I need to make sure that as I forgive Tony, the water is not boiling hot. Tony, put your feet in here. Oh! We do that. We do that spiritually. You go, what do you mean? Guys, if the water's too hot, we're constantly reminding them of their mistakes. Watch out for Tony. He trips people. Well, didn't you forgive him? I did, but watch out. Watch out as he as he walks out there. Hey, Bobby, watch out for Tony. He's going to, yeah. And, and, and what am I doing? No, 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 I forgive you, bro. And he's going, but bro, you've never let me, you've never, that water's hot, man. You keep reminding me of your mistakes. Somebody? I'm walking by Tony and I trip myself. Oh, watch out, it's Tony. Tony's doing it again. Bro, but I thought you forgive. No, no. You go, well, Ben, I don't use hot water. I don't, I don't remind them of their mistakes. I'm not washing their feet with consequences. How many of us have never let somebody be released of their consequences that they did to us? You go, I don't do that, Ben. Sometimes we don't do hot water, we do icy cold water. You know what icy cold water is? Tony, come on, here it is. Ben, that's, that's, (laughs) dude, there's ice in there. Don't put your feet in there, Tony. I forgive you, man. Put your feet in there. So Tony puts his feet in there. I wash his feet, but you know what? I, here's the forgiveness. Icy cold water says, if you hurt me, I'm not going to engage in you anymore, and I'm not going to have a relationship with you anymore. So there I am at the store, and I see Tony, and I'm like, I'm go the other way. I don't want to talk to Tony. But you asked for forgiveness. He asked for forgiveness. He came as a brother. He, he, he said he, he didn't mean to trip you. Forgiveness is hard, church. When we've been deeply wounded, it's so hard. And only the power of Jesus in us is going to help us get to that place where we can be set free. And maybe today you can't forgive something that was so awful to you, but Jesus in you can. And what we need to do is we need to take that first step. I purpose, Lord, I want to be set free. I want the power of God in my life. I want the power of God back in my life. And I'm not going to wash the feet of, with people of, of hot water or cold water. It's just going to be normal water. I forgive. And sometimes, sometimes there's, there's we've got to put barriers up. We, we understand, listen, I forgive and I'm going to walk forward in Jesus, but I know that this relationship is not going to be good for me and I have to, I have to say no to it. I have to say no. I, I love my brother, but you don't understand. I just, I can't right now. And I got to walk towards that. And as you grow in the Lord, as you grow in his grace, then you're more able to go, I forgive. And when you realize how much God has forgiven you and me, I can't help but go, Lord, I'm so sorry for not having a heart of forgiveness. I'm so sorry.
I'm so sorry. Now, as we close, as we close, and we prepare our hearts for communion, let us remember these principles, okay? You ready? Number one, true forgiveness is an act of grace empowered by God. Has to be. True forgiveness is an act of grace empowered by God. Be careful that we are not hypocrites. And we say, I forgive you, but we really don't. Number two, true forgiveness results in a changed attitude toward one another. True forgiveness. It's, you can see it. You can see it. This is important. Number three. Number three. True forgiveness takes time. True forgiveness takes time. Be careful that we're not like, yeah, I forgive you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And we really aren't. It takes time. Tony's got big feet, and he's going to trip me again, but I love him. Love him. It's going to take time. But one day, me and Tony, we're going to be tight because that's what God does. Poor Tony, he's over here going, I'm never sitting in the front row again, man. (laughs) Number four, true forgiveness must be real. Must be real. And if we're honest, can we be honest in church? Number five, true forgiveness involves forgetting. And I don't mean the incident didn't happen. What I mean is you see it differently through Jesus-colored glasses through the Holy Spirit who lives in you, go, okay, Lord, I see that you forgave me. I'm not going to hold Tony to 5800 bucks when you've forgiven me $3.4 billion. I'm not going to do it. Sometimes, church, when we say, I'll forgive, but I won't forget, we make the biblical passage that tells us that God will remember the sins no longer. He says that. We must remember. The Lord says, I will remember their sins no longer. And there's a, there is an sense which, which we must forget. So let me be clear. Not remembering in the sense where you're still in bondage to that hurt person or circumstance. That's not what it means. It means that you're filtering this hurt, this situation, this offense, differently now because you have now understood how much that you've been forgiven and that there was a debt you couldn't pay and so when someone comes up to you and offends you I forgive you because I know I've sinned against God that way I know I've how many times have we quote unquote put Jesus back on the cross And he goes, no, 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 Ben. The cross was one time. It was your past, present, and future that's taken care of. You're free. But I don't want you in bondage by your own self. Let us begin to see forgiveness through the eyes of Jesus. Amen? If the ushers will come forward, 
We're going to pray, and they're going to pass out the elements. I want to thank these men for for helping. This is our first time, and um, if you'll hold them, if you'll hold them, um, we're going to take them together. I want to share a little bit of communion with you. So Mike's going to pray with his guys right here. You guys prepare your heart. Here's what I want you to realize. This is a very serious as well as a celebration. You go, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, first and foremost, the Bible tells us that we should not partake in an unworthy manner. Okay? You go, Ben, I'm not sure what that means. Here's what it means, okay? If you are not saved this morning... If you are not saved, please do not take the elements. You must be born again. This is for believers. Now, at Calvary Chapel, we have open communion, which means we believe if you're born again, if you're born again, you can take communion. You can go ahead and start passing them out. Praise God. But here's the question. If you would like to be saved this morning, If you'd like to be saved this morning, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. You go, what do I do? You just need to open your heart and invite Jesus inside. So Ben, if I I pray a prayer of faith this morning, if I feel like God is really speaking to me, can I still take communion? If you believe with all of your heart that Jesus died on the cross for you, if you believe that he was buried and he resurrected, and you confess that with your mouth, yes, you can take that. Well, Pastor, you were talking about forgiveness. What about if I've offended someone? Like, here's the biggest problem. Husband and wife get in the car. He's already yelling at her before church. Get in the car! Hurry up! We're going to be late! And all the way through church, they're fighting. I can't believe you. Well, you, if you would just... You don't even look pretty anyway. I mean, come on, let's... Well, you're ugly too. And you get in the, and then you get in the church, you go, hi, how are you? God bless you. Everything's good. You've offended each other. And you need to, you need to get right. You need to get right. You need to ask your husband, forgive me. You need to ask your wife, forgive me. It's that simple. Just go to the person and say, forgive me. Forgive me. If you have a root of bitterness that has happened, Go to the person and ask him to forgive you before partaking. That's all you got to do. Guys, it's also a celebration. Can we say that? Guys, it's a celebration. When we take communion, here's what we're declaring. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that is what saves us. And so we celebrate the gospel. There's a lot of thing that goes into communion. Worship. Celebration, salvation, gospel. And I love the fact that Jesus said he wasn't going to do this again until we're with him in heaven. So he's waiting on us, and we're kind of waiting on him. But it's going to be glorious. But he says, until then, do this. What was, what's the criteria? In remembrance of me. So however you remember and worship, that's what it's about. So before we partake, let me give you an invitation. If you're here today, or maybe you're watching online, 
and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you're not saved. You can get saved today. All you have to do is open up your heart and invite him inside. See, God knows your heart. And the rest of us, we can go, well, I don't, I don't know. I could. But all you have to do is say yes to him. So if you'll bow your heads with me while you hold the elements, we're going to pray. We're going to give somebody an opportunity if they want to. Um, if you're here today or maybe you're watching online, I can't see you, but if you're watching online and you've never given your life to Jesus, and maybe today's a day, would you just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, I just want to be saved. I want to know that I, my sins are forgiven. I want to know, listen, I owe $3.4 billion, if you will, and I want that clear. I, I want Jesus to set me free. And if that's you, we invite you into the family of God. Would you just lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus. just want to give you an opportunity. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just really, just God knows. Amen. So if you have the elements in your heart, guys, here's what I want you to do. The first thing I want you to do is look deep. I better get my elements too, though. I was like, I, I don't have anything here. Thank you. As we get ready to partake in the elements, the, do the ushers have theirs? Let's do this. The first thing we need to do is let's close our eyes. Let's look deep in our hearts. Lord, is there anything in my heart that I need to confess to you right now? Do I have unforgiveness going on in my heart? Am I bitter? I want to confess that to you, Lord Jesus. I don't want to hold anyone to 5,800 bucks, Lord, that, that, that I've been forgiven so much. And I just ask God that you would just, you would do a work. And as we, as we remain quiet for just a moment, just a moment, allowing the Holy Spirit to stop, if there's anything that you need to confess, now's the time. The second thing we need to do is we need to, we need to look back a little bit and we need to thank the Lord for all he's done in our lives. Thank you, God. Would you, would you tell Jesus you love him? Would you just tell Jesus you love him? I don't think he gets tired of hearing that. I love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for blessing us. Even if you didn't bless us, we love you. And then the third thing is let's look forward for all that God is going to do in our lives. All he's going to do in the next few months, what he's going to do, how he's going to use us. And then last but not least, if we lift up our glasses, we might say in our spirit, next time in heaven, next time in heaven, Lord, we're going to, we're going to do this with you. But until then, we will partake as a body, as a family. So, as we pray and we've looked back, we've looked within, we look forward, what I really want to do is do this as a family. So together, let's lift up the bread and say, Lord Jesus, we love you. Let's take the bread. And when supper was ended, 
He did. He did. He said, this is my blood. It's going to be shed for you. And we know this is symbolic, Lord. And so we lift up the cup and we say, I love you, Lord. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.